Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventurers play the world's greatest role-playing game, Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far-off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. Last time on Roll Radio! Our heroes were defending the caravan from an unceasing onslaught of orcs, who are cutting through the Daggerfoot soldiers like a hot knife through butter. With terrified civilians now easy prey, our heroes knew that defeat was not an option. Ogre or no ogre, victory had to be won. So with great courage and valor, our heroes and their companions in arms dispersed to each front and held their ground. Eldritch knights were not enraged. M&M&Ms were cast. Human gods were not appreciated. Cool things that can be done were done. The battle was long and bloody, but in the end, our party helped rid the Delambia Vale of two more orc tribes. There was no time to celebrate with so many fallen soldiers. Like a well-oiled medical machine, our heroes quickly switched from killing to reviving. With the guiding light of Agma, a lot of bandages, and a couple pokes from a stick, almost all of the soldiers were saved, making this victory even sweeter. But. What other dangers await our now-beleaguered caravan? Do orcs have licenses? And why would you ask to see it? Will Sir Ken take a learning annex class to get his Polar Mastery certification? Eh, are human gods really that worthless? Well, I don't think they ever would have survived without them. But who knows? Let's find out! in this episode of Scourge of the Sword Coast. The caravan slowly makes its way along the Delambier route towards Jolkin. Kelson Darktreader wants to be atop the second ridge by end of day, but this morning's battle with the orcs has made that a difficult goal to achieve. Nonetheless, Kelson wants to achieve it, and he is pushing forward at a quickened pace. Now, is there anything you guys would like to do uh, during the day's travel today? Well, I'm going to ride up next to Jake. Okay. While we're when, once we've gone. Okay. If we're leaving, uh, Jake. Yes, Connor. This spear, I'm not liking it very much. Ah. When I try to use my other weapons. I feel like I'm half the man I was. Are you wanting to give it up? Well, I'm not sure, but I think this spear is screwing with me. It's special. It's a boomerang spear. Perfect for you, boy. But I'm a two-weapon fighter, and I can't use my two-weapon fighting style. Hey, Colin. Hi. I hear you. Hey, hey, I got an idea. Go... Go take uh, Appa and clippity-clop over there by uh, Kelson and see if he knows anything about that. Because he's, you know, big hunter guy. He knows a lot of stuff. He's been around for centuries. Oh, I guess I could have show. I could show that to him. 
Yeah, go, go. Maybe there's something we don't you don't know about it. That's great advice. Go. So I ride over to Kelson. Kelson, have you seen the like of this spear before? I have not, but I did see you using it with great skill this morning. A spear that returns to the thrower is quite a wondrous find. Yes, I found it in the uh, ruins. Did I find it in the ruins of Harpshield Castle? No, no. I found this at the Phylon Lodge. I found it at I found it at a shrine to Molar, and I have to know if you've ever seen the like of it before, and if you can, you know, get a sense of it using your I don't know rangerly brain. Hmm. Malar, you say, huh? Well, is there something wrong with it? Uh, it seems very well made, and you seem to be doing quite a bit of damage with it. I every time I go, I go to grab me axe or me sword. It's like I can't do it. It's like uh, there's a resistance, and it it calls to me, beckons. It's jealous. Says you must use me. Oh, it sounds to me like the spear is cursed. I. I had feared as much. And now that you've attuned to it, its curse has attached to you. And now you are compelled to only use it. Oh, I feared as much. What do I do? I'm a two-weapon fighter. Well, now that the spear has you, it will not just simply let you go. So just attuning to the weapon will not work. Therefore, you will need to unattune while simultaneously a remove curse spell is cast on you. That is the only way to free yourself. Hi. How do you get rid of a curse? (laughs) Well, I'm sure your cleric friend Jake there will have the answer to that. Hey, Master Jake. I ride over to Jake. (laughs) Crump, 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 crump. Jake! What a funny-sounding horse you have there! (laughs) So, Jake. Yes, boy. Kelson tells me that I might be cursed. Oh. And the only way to get rid of it is to have a cleric get rid of the curse while I detune. Hmm. Sounds to me like you need some kind of remove curse spell. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Master Jake, that's why everybody respects your deep intellect. You see? You see? That is why I carry my book of knowledge, you see. <laughs> um, I don't think... Uh, I'll have to go through my bag of tricks. In other words, I'll have to reach out to Agma and have a, a little uh, a chat with him, you see. Oh, Agma! And I'm going to turn around and just kind of, like, walk away. Ooh, wait a minute. I spoke to... Uh, wait a minute, what was that, Augie? Hang on. What? Oh, remove curse. I can do a remove curse, which is a level three abjuration spell, you see. But all my level three slots are being used at the moment, so I cannot do it. Remind me later when I get a level three slot again. And then I'll Are you telling me to take two and call you in the morning? Exactly. <laughs> Onward. <laughs> I say to the to the entire uh, parade of vehicles. Caravan. Yeah. Thank you. He didn't have any Jake juice yet, to, guys. He needs a swig or something because he gets a little cranky. <laughs> and then can I uh, ride up to Kelson when no one else is up there? Sure. 
Okay, so I'm gonna ride up to Kelsey and I'm be like, hey Kelsey, what's up? And he looks down to you on your pony there. He says, ah, Esmir, good. I wanted to thank you for your support this morning. You, you saved many civilians with your exploding meteors. Did you like my my meteors? That's my new spell. It's pretty cool. Yes, that is quite an impressive and handy spell. Excellent for for crowd control. Yes. So, how can I help you, Esmir? Okay. So listen, you know Colin, the kid that was just up here talking to you. Yes, he seems to be having issues with his spear. <laughs> Though I hear a lot of human men have spear issues. <laughs> it happens a lot. It's okay. Um, okay, so listen. Listen, this is on the down low, okay? Okay. Uh, when we were when we were over at the um, at Phylon Lodge. Yes. And we were leaving. Yes. We got into a fight with some werewolves. Whoa, werewolves, you say? Yeah. And one of them bit Cullen. Hmm, I see. So, what do you know about, uh, lycanthropy? And should we, like, be worried? What should we do? Is there any way we could tell now before, you know, things go crazy and the werewolves in London and stuff thing happens? (laughs) Ow! (laughs) Well, that is something serious, and you should be worried. It is quite an evil and nasty curse. Tell me, have you noticed him craving more meat since the bite? He does say stuff about rashers of pork and stuff like that, too. (laughs) But I think he's always like that. Yes, well, unfortunately, Esmir, you won't know for sure if he contracted lycanthropy from the bite until the next full moon. Okay. You could... Try to look for clues, like I said, uh, craving raw meat or perhaps a sudden heightened sense of smell and hearing. Mm. But then again, maybe he resisted it. He he is a strong and healthy human. Yeah, but then what if he is a werewolf? Then what do we do? Well, first thing you need to do is keep track of the phases of the moon. And when the next full moon arrives... You'd better be ready with some serious restraints. For if he is cursed and he changes into a werewolf, it will no longer be your friend Cullen. No, it'll be a ferocious beast with only one desire, the taste for flesh. Oh, that doesn't sound like fun. (laughs) And you'll also have to be ready with the cure, for this will be the time to cure him. While he's transformed, you'll need to cast Remove Curse upon him. Okay. But, this is, and this is very important, Esmir, this has to be all done on consecrated ground. Otherwise, the spell won't hold. How do you consecrate ground? Do you just go pee-pee? <laughs> no, you'll, you'll have to be in a holy place, such as a church or shrine. Or perhaps Jake has the power to consecrate, though I'm not sure he's high enough level yet. But, uh, you know, perhaps he has a, a spell or a scroll that will allow him to do this. Hmm. Kind of like making water holy? Yes. Yes, it's a cleric thing, you know. You know how much they like to bless things. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so consecrated ground and remove curse while he's a werewolf. Yes, it won't be easy, Esmir. Oh, jeez. <laughs> We're going to be busy. All right, so the caravan slowly moves along, 
and by mid-afternoon, you begin to go up the switchback trail that leads to the top of the second ridge. And by the time you reach the top, the caravan is moving really slow now, right? As everyone is becoming uh, tired by this hurried pace. Uh, the civilians, you know, that are now on foot uh, in order to make room for the injured soldiers, uh, they're not used to this and they are looking exhausted. Uh, but Kelson is still pressing forward. He's got his plan, right? And he's sticking to it. I said, I, I went up to Kelson, I'm like, Kelson, we gotta take a time out, buddy. I know you're an elf and these things, you're a half, half elf. These things don't phase you, but these guys, they're, they're humans. You know what I'm saying, bro? <laughs> you know, they're weak. Very well, Esmir. I see your point. They're not fae like you and me. <laughs> we shall just make camp here. And he signals to the caravan to stop. And you can hear an almost uh, uh, like a collective sigh of relief ripple through the caravan. And as the caravan begins to break down, the sun begins to set and a warm glow covers the veil. To your south, Mount Ilifarn casts a long shadow upon its foothills. And you know that on the other side of it is the Delambir River and Julkin. And uh, to your north, you see the Forlorn Hills, and you know that on the other side of them sits Firehammer Hold. And soon the camp is set up, fires are lit, uh, food's prepared, watches are set, and the sky becomes full of stars. Uh, but the mood tonight is quite different than last night, right? It's much more uh, quiet and somber. Right? It's no longer like, hey, we're going on a trip. Now it's like, holy crap, it's dangerous out here. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you guys spend the evening? Um, at some point, Mark, while we're, while we're like after dinner or whatever, Els Esmir wants to work. Uh, she's going to pull her jeweler's kit out and start working on a project that she has. Okay. Hey, Esmeralda, I see your jeweler's kit there. You wanted me to engrave into the side of this dagger. Oh, yeah. The name. Yeah, Cebu Timbers. Cebu. Yeah. So do you want it to look all sort of mean and craggy? Sort of like, I don't know, somebody who tattoos, you know, hate on the back of their knuckles? Or, or do you want it more like artful with like an inlay of electrum? Yeah, I want it real pretty. All right, it's the Electrum then. Yeah, let's do that. Let's make it look pretty. Um, I'll need to borrow your tools then. Sure, you can use, you can borrow this one and this one, but I need this one. <laughs> <laughs> I got a project I'm working on too. Look, we're having like a little crafting hour. <laughs> we're gonna be jewel stuff. And that's how you spend your time in camp. <laughs> what I would like to do is go around and try to end. Uh, um, gather the people that might be illiterate or whatever, offer a free class. <laughs> free class tonight! You look stupid, come over here. You look stupid. I will teach you how to read, you will see. Here, take this pamphlet of Agba's pamphlet. You see. I go look for the illiterate. <laughs> well, that's what I do. I teach people for free. I don't charge people. So I want to have like a little, uh, uh, I want to start a book club. Okay, cool. 
so you get several folks who are interested, right? Especially after your exploits uh, this morning. Uh, you, in some of the soldiers that you brought back from uh, the brink of death, they join you. And you guys sit around the campfire and you start teaching them how to read. Yes, yes. Come here. Come here, all of you, all of you downtrodden soldiers. Come gather around and let me teach you about the, the, uh, I will teach you about the word of Agma, the good word of Agma, and how it will help you in future battles, you see. Try and stay awake. <laughs> and you know what? Go ahead and give yourself an inspiration point for starting a book club. <laughs> nice. Nice. Jeez, it gets an inspiration point for starting a book club. You can save the world and you get nothing. You start a book club, you get an inspiration point. That is saving the world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teaching the peasants this how is, to read, you see. This is malarkey. <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna finish my um, my uh, bedazzling. Okay. Elric, come with me. We're gonna go ask Kelson some questions. Okay. All right. You know he's a, he's old. He's been around. He's been around 200 years. He probably knows a lot about this. Yeah. Landscape. Yeah. Okay, so you two head over to where Kelson is set up, and he's sitting next to a small fire there, going through his backpack. And you know what? He seems preoccupied as you guys approach and take a seat next to the fire. Uh, why don't you two roll me an insight check? I have a minus one in insight. So what I get? Oh, I got a 19, though. Did I roll? Yeah. Whoa, 20. 20. Okay. So uh, you guys know Kelson enough by now uh, to tell that something is off. Uh, he's not being his usual stoic self, right? Okay. Uh, and your insight checks tell you that he's upset about something. All right. So, hey, Kelson, what's bothering you? Don't say nothing, because I won't believe you. I can't stop thinking about that red wizard and how he's responsible for all the suffering we've witnessed along the Sword Coast. The refugees, Julkin, and now the death of five good men. If it wasn't for him, those vile orcs would never have been here in the first place. Yes, this is terrible. I agree. Unnecessary suffering. All for a bunch of guys with red cloaks on who want power. Stupid. Yes, he needs to pay for his crimes. He needs to be made an example of. He needs to hang. Yeah, he's a scumbag. But I can't stop thinking about what I overheard Lady Morwen tell Delphin and Sir Istival. Oh, what did you hear? She told them that the Duke is not convinced that a hanging is justified, since there are no witnesses that can place the Red Wizard at Jolkin. Oh. Mm. I knew we should have hung him ourselves. Uh. Okay, you know what, Kelson? Let me tell you some stuff about the Duke. Okay, he is he is bad guy. Uh, and I'm not quite sure how many red flags need to go up before someone does something about this stuff, because it's really annoying. But he's no good, and his girlfriend's no good, and just the fact that he said that proves that he's a bad guy. How does it prove that he's a bad guy? Uh, because the Red Wizards are, all they do is hurt the people of his lands. And he's not sure if he should be hung? Well, your intuition may be correct but it still doesn't change the fact that the Duke feels more proof is necessary to justify putting the Red Wizard at the end of a rope. Instead, he'll just spend the rest of his days in the dungeon, 
and Jolkin will never get the justice it deserves. Oh. And you know what? I will, you know what, Kelson, right now, I will bet you a five copper pieces <laughs> that when we get back, he is going to, and I'm making air quotes, okay, Kelson, he's going to escape before we get back because the ducal castle is rotten. It's full of baloney. It's bad. It's something bad's going to happen. Well, I trust Darfin and Lord Flotion to make sure that doesn't happen. It's it's out of our hands now. We What we need to do is to find the citizens of Jolkin. Not just to help bring the Red Wizard to, you know, true justice, but who knows what the Red Wizards have planned for them and what horrors they're, they're living through now. Yeah. We need to find them and bring them home. Right. I agree. And that's kind of what we're doing. We're going to go to the Forlorn Hills, the Firehammer Hold. Yes, Sir Estival filled me in on your mission. Okay, so gnomes, I like names and stuff, but when something is named the Forlorn Hills, it kind of gives me the neck tingles. So can you, what do you know about this place? Well, I know that they weren't always called the Forlorn Hills. Uh, they used to be called the Dark Hills, if that makes you feel any better. Oh, that's better. <laughs> that's a lot better, yeah. What a difference! <laughs> they were... They were once the center of the Dwarven Kingdom of Dardoth, one of the three kingdoms of Falorn that Darfin's father, my grandfather, formed. Uh, he called it the Realm of Three Crowns. But after the fall of Falorn, most of the dwarves left the Dark Hills and headed north to the Dwarven Kingdom of Aramandar. Only the clerics of Helia Brightax of Firehammer Hold remained behind. Just the clerics? Yes, the clerics of Helia Brightax, or sometimes she's called the Lady of the Fray or the Luck Maiden. She is the dwarven goddess of battle and luck. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, if there's some friendly presence there, that's pretty interesting. Yes, though the dwarves of Firehammer Hold keep to themselves, they are friendly to outsiders. They even built a hostel in the side of their fortress to, uh, to accommodate weary travelers. Interesting. Well, that's cool. Very interesting. And they make good ale, apparently? Of course. Dwarves make the best ale. And fine weapons. Second to the elves, of course. <laughs> and with most of the dwarves gone, the hills are mostly inhabited by wervrens, hill giants, and eddins, mm. all trying to eke out a living in the scrub. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's various tribes of goblinoids in the hills. And well, there used to be three orc tribes, but it looks like we killed them all. <laughs> <laughs> but to be honest, I, I haven't been to the forlorn hills in many, many years. I wish I could be more help. I would just want to get some more information since Kelson knows so much. He's so wise. <laughs> Have you ever been that way? You see that way north where the Forlorn Hills is a, nothing but a big gray block? What do you think is over there? Probably something the dungeon master doesn't want you to see. <laughs> That'd be my guess. Yeah. Ah, him again. That bastard. I say, Jake. Yes. I think it's time for us to go to hit the hay and wake up refreshed and finish our trip to Jolkin. Yes. I agree. Absolutely.
All right, you guys turn in and sleep through an uneventful night. And in the early morning, you wake to the sounds of the caravan preparing to depart. You see the sun is just beginning to illuminate the eastern horizon as a cool breeze blows in from the north. And as you pack up your things, you see Kelson already atop his horse and he's making his way through the caravan, telling everyone to, to pick up the pace. Quickly now, we must reach Jelkin before nightfall. And he looks, he looks anxious, or at least anxious for Kelson. <laughs> so go ahead and pick your spells and do your morning rituals and then we shall head out. Okay. Jake. Yes. Hey, did you remember to remember that break the curse spell? Um, remove curse, right? Yeah. If it wouldn't be too much trouble. It won't be too much trouble, boy. So Esmir's meditating on what might come to pass. I'm going to roll. I got a five and a ten. She gets a five and a ten. Five and a ten. Okay, so Esmir's going to stand up on one of the wagons, and she's going to be like, I, okay, everyone, come on. Okay, everyone, I know we've had kind of a, a bad couple of days. There's been a lot of bad things that happened. So this morning, I'm going to show you guys something really cool. And um, I'm going to pull out my gray bag of holding, and I'm going to pull out the fluff ball. It's like, see this little fluff ball, everyone? You guys ready to be dazzled? <laughs> okay, team. Let's make our guesses. Oh, um, Borbor. Borbor? Bor. I got one Borbor. Bor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I got two copper on Borbor. <laughs> I'm calling Badge Badge. All right, guys, here we go. And I throw my palm. I'm going to blow it off my palm. Wheezy. Wheezy. Everybody, this is Wheezy. Wheezy, this is everybody. <laughs> and then Kelson rides up. Uh, what is going on here? We don't have time for these shenanigans. <laughs> yes, we do, Kelson. Okay. Yes, There's always do. time to squeeze the wheeze. <laughs> <laughs> it's called uh, high morale. It's very important. Yes, indeed it is. I leap upon my steed, my hair riffling in the wind as the slow breeze comes past. Papa, yip, yip. All right, you guys head out with the caravan and continue east towards Jolkin. And according to Kelson, you should arrive by nightfall. Okay, so are we going to Jolkin or are we going to split off with the group? I want to go to Jolkin to make sure there isn't anything waiting for him there. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that we should do that. Just go to Jolkin first and then uh, Forlorn Hills. Then Let's I was thinking out. on our way out, on our way out the next day, on our way to... Uh, wherever we go next, I was thinking we could stop in Oifenen's glo- Grove, just for you know, real, just real quick for a minute. Well, we can camp out there one night too. That's where we're go- going to camp. I'm assuming tonight. Oh, okay. Well, tonight we go to Jolkin. Well, I mean, it's right at the gates of Jolkin. Double back to the grove. Head out and go to Oifenen's Grove. Yeah. Okay. All right, so the caravan makes its way east through the Delambir Vale. Mount Illafarn looms to your south, while the forlorn hills grow larger to your north. Kelson keeps the caravan moving at a quick pace, and by mid-afternoon, you reach the road to Jolkin and turn south. 
and soon you pass by the rotting carcass of a wolf, pecked clean by ravens and buzzards, and next to it lays a goblin saddle. By late afternoon, the caravan enters the long shadow cast by Mount Ilifarn, and ahead in the distance, you see the trees of Oifanyan's Grove. Ooh. <laughs> Soon, the caravan is making its way through the woods, and you guys look around, you know, looking for glimpses of the dryad or her, you know, woodland friends, uh, but you don't see anything, though you four definitely feel like you're being watched as birds glide around the treetops. And as the sun reaches the horizon, the caravan exits the woods and enters the untended fields outside of Jolkin. Ahead on a hilltop sits the upper section of Jolkin, and soon you see uh, that gaping hole in the wall and the charred buildings outside the lower section, all bathed in the orange light of the setting sun. And as soon as the caravan enters the gate, it stops in the main square and an eerie silence overcomes everyone as they gaze upon the ghost town. The silence is then quickly broken by the voices of Sir Ken and Sir Jeff as they begin, you know, barking out orders to their guards. And then the citizens, they quickly disembark and begin breaking down the caravan and setting up camp right here in the main square. And as night falls, uh, you four, uh, Kelsen, Sir Ken, and and some guards begin to sweep Jolkin for unfriendly critters and squatters. House by house, building by building, you sweep the lower section and find nothing. And then you head up to the upper section and also find nothing but the rotting goblinoid corpses that litter the jester's pride. It seems as though the town is empty, uh, just the way you left it over 310 day ago. Hmm, interesting. And by the time you finish, uh, the caravan has made camp, right? Campfires are burning in the main square. Uh, guards have taken post in all the guard towers and gates. And uh, Jolkin seems safe and secure for the moment. And you four and Kelson find yourselves on a dock looking out over the Delambeer River as it sparkles under the light of a half moon. Hey, Colin. Yes. Do you want to go for a canoe ride before we go? <laughs> Come on. We can go out in the canoe and you can fish a little bit. Maybe we'll catch some fish for dinner. No, as soon as we leave here, I'm going straight to the grove. I'm going to find a tree. I'm going to sit under it. And I'm going to detune. And then this guy over here is going to cast a spell. Okay, unless you guys are too busy uh, woo. Wooning over Oifian. Swooning? Swooning. Swooning. I not. <laughs> she put the spell on me for sure. <laughs> and then, so, is the plan that when we come back, are we going to stop by Jolkin again? We could always stop back just to check in on everybody. Yeah. Okay. I'd like to stop back at Jolkin and reconvene the book club for a, for a session. Oh, yeah. When we come back. <laughs> And then I'm going to go and ask Kelson if he has any any words of wisdom for us before we head out. Okay. Uh, so you walk up to Kelson, who is uh, stoically looking out over the river, and you ask him for some advice. And he says, um, I don't I don't think you need any, any advice, Esmir. I've seen firsthand you and your party's capabilities. You'll do fine. Just, just stick to the road and 
Hopefully you'll find Jack, who is probably just having such a good time reuniting with his kin uh, that he just lost track of time. He's like that, you know. He's kind of spacey. And then you'll all get drunk on that fine firehammer ale, and it'll all have just been a mini dwarven vacation. I highly doubt that. I know. I start laughing. <laughs> a nice vacation. <laughs> Did Jake give you some of his Jake juice or something, man? <laughs> I predict the road will be filled with blood. <laughs> yes, we're going to go to the Forlorn Hills and nothing's going to happen. <laughs> and they'll have to change the name to the very boring hills. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're probably right. Uh, but if you do run into trouble, you can always fall back to Succumber to regroup and resupply. They cater to adventurers, you know. You might even run into a few at the tavern who have, you know, traveled from the north. All right. Do you know the bartender's name? Maybe we'll do like a little, hey, uh, Kelson told me that you guys have the best ale in town here. No, I don't go to taverns. <laughs> you don't go and get to the, you don't go get a cup of ale? No, too many, you know. People. <laughs> oh. You know, Kelsey, next time we have time, free time, maybe we're going to work on your people skills a little bit. I don't know. I've had 200 years to work on my people skills, and well, this is what I've come up with. <laughs> okay, well, you know what? You're going to be around a lot longer. Maybe we'll work on a little bit. Sometimes a little bit of charisma, you know, gets you some help when you need it. You can't, don't have to do everything on your own, Kelson. Just because you're a stoic, cool, you know, ranger guy. Sometimes you can have friends help you out. That's very kind of you, Esmir. You know, I haven't made new friends in a long time. As one of the few elves still in the Western Heartlands, I lead a very solitary life. But I am very glad to have met you four. Okay. And I wish you good luck on your quest and a safe return. And, you know, make sure you stop back here on your way back. Okay. We should have Jolkin back in order by then, and maybe even a boat to take you the rest of the way. It would only take you a day to get to Daggerford that way. Okay, cool. All right. Well, before we go, before we leave, I want to say goodbye to Ken and Jeff, if they're not coming with us. And uh, thank them for their brave heroics. Okay, and they both thank you for your aid, and they wish you safe travels, and they say, uh, you know, hope to see you soon. We'll meet again. Yes, we will. And I hand them each a pamphlet for uh, the Church of Agma. Oh, uh, <laughs> thank you. Hey, could you could you say goodbye to Dan and Dave and Mike, and Davey and Petey and and and, uh, and Rex and, and Bill. And, uh, I'm a bill and uh, <laughs> okay, so so you guys say your farewells to the caravan and everyone, you know, they thank you and they wish you well, uh, and you guys mount up and ride out of Jokin's front gate as they all wave goodbye. Goodbye, baby and Petey. Goodbye. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so you guys make your way through the outer fields, and the stars and the moon illuminate the road. But soon you enter the woods and it becomes very dark in here. So you'll need light to find your way from this point forward. Um, I can always have my drift globe next to me. You know, okay. Next to me, it has light. I put my night goggles on. Oh, yeah. So maybe what I should do is take the dice that Esmir used to enchant 
And I since I'm the only one with no like permanent light source or uh, I can enchant something light. else of yours too if you want. Um, like your mace. You could have a glowing mace. A glowing mace. So it would be yeah, like I a torch. That. Oh, wow. That would be kind of cool because it would be like a torch. Yeah, the mace would be cool. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll take a eight. Jake, let me see your mace for a second. Here you go. Don't hit me on the head with it. I know your tricks. Like, asha, 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 asha. Shazam. <laughs> so as soon as we see a tree, a big, a nice big tree, I'm going to say, Jake, let's take care of this now. Yes, yes, yes. I sit in front of the tree and I plant the spear right in front of me into the ground. Remove the cross-legged. And I start mumbling. <laughs> oh... Detune, 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 detune. I will remove mumble, the mumble. curse from your spear. Mumble, mumble, mumble. All right. Uh, so you guys pull off the road and take a short break to detune this uh, cursed spear from Cullen. And as you're unattuning, uh, Jake performs the remove curse spell. And after it's done, uh, you pull out your other weapons and you twirl them around. And they feel normal again. Uh, and you no longer feel that, you know, yearning to just use the spear. It looks like it worked. Hey, that's a relief. So I take I take out a piece of parchment and a quill and I write on it, this spear is cursed. <laughs> and tie it on with a little bit of twine to the spearhead. <laughs> <laughs> you have to remind FYI. yourself. FYI. <laughs> FYI. So let me ask you this. Is it now just a spear? Yes, you only get the bonuses if you're attuned to it. Right, okay. That's what I was wondering. So it's just a regular spear, but at least I'm not cursed. Yes. I'm going to look on that as a positive. So we're going to look around for Oifanen now, I suppose. Okay, so you guys head into the forest, and your light sources underlight the ancient trees and the forest canopy as you make your way deeper into the dark woods. And soon you begin to hear the familiar sound of Oifanyan's laughter echo in the darkness. <laughs> then, as if, as if someone flicked on a light switch, hundreds of fireflies begin to glow all around you. And then, the fireflies gather in front of you, and you quickly realize that they are here to guide you through the woods. Ooh. So nice. you follow them for a bit, and then, they fly up higher uh, into the canopy, and their warm light illuminates an ancient moss-covered grove. Then a moment later, the dryad Oifanyan appears from out of the darkness and says, You've returned. Hi. Uh, I was hoping you didn't forget about me. We would never forget about you, We Oifanyan. wouldn't pass by your grove without... And, and again, I cast thaumaturgy and make little emoji hearts in my eyes. <laughs> Just for her, my my gorgeous woman of the wood. Hey, we wanted to bring you the news. Humans have returned to Jolkin. I saw the caravan. Did you find the missing people of Jolkin? No. No. They are citizens of Daggerford that have been replanted here so that they well, can... Well, refugees. Or refugees, yes. Oh. We just got them from Daggerford and we banded up a bunch and brought them over here so they could begin to repopulate the town. I was really hoping they had returned. We have yet to we, find them. We've yet to find them. We think they're in the Forlorn Hills, and that's our next quest, is the Forlorn Hills. Well, if uh, 
If it's not too much trouble, can we stay here in your grove for the night? Of course. You're always welcome here. Please, make yourselves comfortable and rest. And as you guys uh, settle in, uh, she asks you, who was the half-elf that was leading the caravan? That was uh, Kelson Darktreader. Ah, yes. You know, I thought that was him. Do you know him? Oh, yes. I have eyed his rangerly skills for quite some time now. Yeah. Oh, no. He is a real tree hugger, you know. Yeah. Oh, boy. And now I start to get jealous. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, Oifinian. I think you have too many suitors. (laughs) Fine, you can have him. I turn around and walk away. (laughs) And I make my cloak build up. Oh, he'll be back. (laughs) He'll be back, Oifinian. Don't worry. Give him like about two seconds, okay? But Jake, you're my favorite cleric. Favorite cleric. Favorite cleric. Oh, you're my favorite handsome cleric. (laughs) Did you know Kelson Darktreader? Oh, yes. He has passed through my woods many times. Okay. But he never fell for my charms. Oh, yeah. He's pretty stoic. <laughs> Women. <laughs> oh, Ifinian. Did you know, uh, did you know Lord Flotion? Darfin Flotion? Yes, I met him long, long ago. Did you know that among the elves, he was known as Longwalker? Long Walker? Ooh, I may have to write that down. Did not know that. Yes. While his father lived, he would take long journeys by foot to distant lands. Hmm. And sometimes these long walks would take years. So the elves began to call him Long Walker. Long Walker. Hmm. But since his father's death, his long walks have ended. Now it seems like he's tied down with responsibilities, I suppose. It's kind of like sometimes we call Jake Long Drinker, but this is another story. (laughs) And I turn around and I look and I take a swig out of my mug. (laughs) What? He's he's still over there pouting. I am. I'm pissed. Jake, please come back over here and join us. No! I just like, (laughs) no. I just cut her off, just kind of turn back and take a big swig. Jake Juice. Maybe I should have stayed down in Jolkin. <laughs> <laughs> I got a favor to ask of you. Yes, Cullen. What is it? I have this spear, but I don't want anybody else to fall under its curse. A cursed weapon? Oh, no. Do you have any place that I could hide it or store it so that's unlikely to be found? Yes, of course. I can take it from you and hide it in my grove here so that none will fall under its curse. Excellent. That's nice. Then please take this burden from me. Very well. And she takes the spear from you, and she leans it up against a tree. And you all watch as it suddenly like sinks into the tree, right? Almost like the tree just swallows it up until it's gone. Nice. Oh, cool. cool. Hey, Oifinian, we heard a story about how dryads become dryads. How did you become a dryad? Who told you this story? Uh, Lord Floshi. Oh, and what did he tell you? That you fell in love with, uh, you were an elf, and you fell in love with a non-elf, right? Well, it is more complicated than that. It has been centuries, and I have forgotten much from that time. 
but I do remember some. Have you been to the Ardeep Forest? Ah, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we have, actually. Once, long ago, the Ardeep Forest stretched all the way to the Forlorn Hills. And this grove here was part of that vast forest. And at that time, it was filled with elves and all manner of wondrous fey creatures. For you see, elves ruled Faerun back then. The kingdom was called Ilifar, and it stretched from the Sword Coast all the way north to the spine of the world. Mm. Then humans began to arrive, and all was peaceful. And during that time, I fell in love with a human. From what I can remember, it was a wonderful time. But then the humans wanted to claim land for themselves, and they put the eastern half of the Ardeep Forest to the torch in order to drive out the elves. The fire destroyed the magic of that forest, and because of this, the forest never grew back, and it was seen as an atrocity by all the Fae, except for me. I could not let go of my love for the human. This, this drove my father to, to such anger that he punished me by binding me to the trees of this unburnt section of the old forest. And since then, I have been unable to leave it. For you see, I and the trees of this grove are one. Ah, that's sad. Mm. And suddenly I feel really bad for her. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay, Jake. Don't feel bad. What's done is done. Please, just... Come back here and sit with us. Oh, okay. <laughs> and as you guys sit with her, uh, she tells you more tales and how she doesn't know much about the world outside of her woods, right? And that the people of Julkin were her only connection to the outside world. And that over, you know, the many years of watching them, uh, she has become very attached to them. And that just the presence of them nearby was, you know, comforting to her. Mm. Uh, and them not being there has made her very you know, sad and lonely. Well, we're going to try and find them, Oifinian. Mm -hmm. Yes, and bring them back if we can. In the meantime, you've got a new reality show to watch. <laughs> it's called Daggerford Refu Refugee Repopulation. <laughs> That's a terrible name. It's not catchy at all. <laughs> well, as long as Kelson's there, I'll definitely be watching. Yeah. <laughs> He's a hunk. Hopefully he'll get real hot and he'll have to take his shirt off. Oh, yeah. He'll chop some wood. Ooh. And then I get mad and I storm off again. I'm not sorry! <laughs> <laughs> so I just, like, lay down. I'm going to start... I'm going to start pounding my bedroll, putting my head down really hard, and then and fluffing sigh. it back up, putting it back down. You have to sigh really loud, too. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> Did you hear me? <laughs> and I take back my emoji hot eyes. <laughs> so while Jake's sleeping, I'm going to sneak up to him and I'm going to set my doll up like right in front of his face. <laughs> as soon as he opens, as soon as he wakes up, she's going to say, good morning, sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
gonna scare the living hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you guys call it a night and settle down uh, for a nice rest here in Oifenian's peaceful grove. And with the last few uneasy nights, you guys quickly fall asleep here, knowing that you know you're safe under her watchful eyes. And when morning comes, you slowly wake to the singing birds in the canopy above. You open your eyes to the sunlight peeking through the ancient branches and dappling the mossy ground around you. And Jake, you open your eyes and see Esmir's creepy doll staring at you with her crooked wooden eyes. Good morning, sunshine. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Esmir! <laughs> And as soon as you scream, Oifenian appears from behind some trees, and she has like a, you know, panicked look on her face. What's happening? Jake, are you all right? Damn it! She always gets me with this stupid doll! <laughs> <laughs> and a look of, of relief comes over her face, right? Oh, good. I'm so glad you're all right. I would hate for anything bad to happen to my friends. So you guys are just friends. So, so you're just friends with these guys, right? <laughs> Of course. You're the closest thing to friends that I've had in ages. Jake, she only likes you as a friend. I've I've slept on that last night and I'm fine with it. (laughs) Sure you are. You don't sound fine. (laughs) And to show you how much I appreciate your friendship, I made you some gifts last night that will hopefully aid you on your journey. Oh, thank you. First she comes up to uh, Cullen and Elric and she hands you each a vial filled with a shimmering golden substance. And she says, uh, For you, brave fighters, I give you honey from the bees of my grove. When you consume it, it will restore life and energy to keep your strength up in the battles ahead. And each vial contains uh, two doses. And when you drink it, you regain 2d4 plus 2 hit points, just like a you know, regular healing potion, right? But it also has the added benefit of curing one disease or condition, oh, such cool. as you know, blinded, deafened, paralyzed, or poisoned. Thank you very much, Oifenen. Hey, it's a torture. Now I want to keep it as a keepsake, as a memory of Oifenen in a grove. But I may one day need to use this in battle. I'm torn. What if you're, what if you got bit by a werewolf? You got anything for that? That's a curse. There's nothing you can do about a curse. I'm talking to Oifenia, not you, dummy. <laughs> no, unfortunately, this cannot remove a curse. That's too bad. Hey, Cullen, are you hungry this morning? Do you have like a craving for anything? <laughs> anything special? I could go for a rasher or a pork. <laughs> Now, like your normal size portion or like an extra large portion? Ah, yes, and fully cooked. (laughs) Okay. The grease is the best part. (laughs) Then I like look around at Jake and Elric. I'm like, ah. (laughs) (laughs) He's fine. Ah. He wants it fully cooked. (laughs) Okay. Or he's He's just saying that. (laughs) And then she comes up to you, Jake, and she says, "Uh, Now, Jake. I know you were upset with me last night. <laughs> I think it was called, I think it was jaded. Hey, jealous more like. <laughs> well, I don't want you to be angry, my handsome cleric. So I made you this special gift. Aww. And she hands you uh, a leaf wrapped up to look, you know, like a, like a pouch. 
and she carefully opens it up, and you look inside, and you see a bunch of mushrooms. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, man. That's what he needs. More narcotics. <laughs> All I got was this lousy piece of rope. <laughs> <laughs> Who's jealous now? <laughs> no, now you don't want to eat these mushrooms. This is something I've used to fend off intruders. I call it a shroomade. <laughs> is it the holy hen shroomade of Antioch? It sounds like something I would invent. Can you put glitter in it? Can you put glitter in it? Well, I think this is much more dangerous than glitter. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right, so you can uh, throw this pouch up to 20 feet, and on impact, the mushrooms will scatter, releasing its spores, right? And any creature within five feet of the point of impact must make a DC 15 constitution saving throw, or uh, they'll be poisoned for one minute. Oh, wow. Yeah, now the special thing about these spores is that they also cause hallucinations. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, and while they're hallucinating, they will be incapacitated. Wow. That is pretty cool. What, gives them goblins a good trip? <laughs> or a bad trip? Thank you, my little wooded girlfriend. I mean, friend. <laughs> You're welcome, Jake. Now, be careful. You don't want them exploding in your backpack. No. And finally, she comes up to you, Esmir, and she holds out a fist in front of your face and then slowly opens it, revealing two new fluff balls. Ooh, oh, you do. I love fluff balls. I found two more to add to your bag of tricks. Oh, oh my God. I'm so excited. She's oh going to have a zoo. Did the zoo just multiply by one third? So <laughs> I'm just like... You know, Esmir is like practically drooling. Like she's like a little dog, like shaking her ass. Oh, this is so cool, man. Fluff balls. I love fluff balls. And I jump up and down like a little kid. You're the best. So now instead of a D4, you'll ro you roll a D6 for your bag of tricks. Oh, two more critters. Oh my goodness. Ooh. Is it a surprise what they are? Yes, but it's a new day, right? So you can try it right now if you want. Roll a d6, and if it's a five or six, it'll be one of the new ones. Uh. Time for some new stuff. Um, okay, my guess is uh, unknown thing number one. Okay, okay. Unknown thing number one. Anybody else? I'll take unknown thing number one. I am going to guess badge badge. Okay, here we go, fluffy bally. Go. Five. Oh, it's something new. Ooh. All right, a five. It's new thing number one. Ooh. There you go. Right. We got it right. Which is? Oh, red dragon. <laughs> a porcupine. <laughs> a giraffe. All right. So you guys watch as Esmir reaches into her gray bag of tricks and pulls out a fluff ball and tosses it onto the ground. And as it hits the ground, it forms into a panther. Wow! Ooh, Ooh upgrade! Wow! Meow! Wow. Great! Panther. Big kitty. Mm. I'm sorry, Wheezy, but this is an upgrade. <laughs> so the, the panther uh, has advantage in all perception checks that rely on smell. And 
it has the pounce trait, yeah. which means that if the panther moves at least 20 feet straight at a creature and hits it with its claw attack, the target must succeed on a DC 12 strength saving throw or be knocked prone. And if it is you know, knocked prone, uh, the panther can then use its bonus action to make a bite attack against it. Oh, wow. Wow. Cool. I got a name for my panther, guys. It's Fonzie. Fonzie. Because mm. he's cool, man. He's cool. He's cool. <laughs> Fonzie. It is a black panther. Yeah, he's ah. got like a leather jacket on. Arthur Panzarelli. <laughs> Arthur, Arthur Panzarelli. Hey. <laughs> oh, can I ride you, panther? <laughs> the panther's a medium-sized creature. And you're small, so yes, you can ride it. Oh my oh, goodness! Kick ass. Cool. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna grab the I'm gonna grab the panther's scruff and then like jump on him bareback <laughs> and be like, man, I am a total badass now, guys. Check it out. I'm gonna scare the shit out of people. <laughs> <laughs> and bestowed with wondrous magical gifts. They're gonna need all the help they can get as they venture into the forlorn hills. So, what adventures await our heroes north of Jolkin? How many red flags need to go up before you can determine if someone's a bad guy? Do all human males have spear issues? And what is that werewolves in London thing? And should we really be worried about it? Well, who knows? Tune in next time to find out on Roll Radio! Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Roll Radio. So, we got to spend some nice downtime with the party, especially after that huge battle with the orcs. And uh, these downtime sessions, I think I've probably said this before, but they're a great opportunity for the players to role play outside of combat, right? Do things like, you know, start book clubs or bejewel their weapons. But for the dungeon master, uh, it's also a great time to add some more info and flavor into the campaign. And since our party's not from around here, right? They're from Cormier, far, far away. Uh, the best way to impart this stuff is through our trusty NPCs like Kelsen and Oifenian. Uh, you know, folks who have lived in the Western heartlands for hundreds of years, right? They know what's what's been going on. So what I did for this session, uh, you know, knowing that they'd be traveling with Kelsen, is that I dropped, you know, names of interesting things and landmarks in my descriptions in the traveling montage uh, things like the Forlorn Hills and Mount Illifarn. Things that would hopefully, you know, pique the player's curiosity enough to ask uh, an NPC questions about it. And then I write up some things to answer these questions uh, in case they ask, right? And some of these answers are in the uh, module, uh, but a lot of times I go to the internet and use the Forgotten Realms wiki at uh, Forgotten Realms. Dot fandom.com. It's a great resource to learn 
pretty much anything within the Forgotten Realms and pretty much anything on the entire continent of Faerun. You know, I just look at the map that we're playing on and I see, oh, what's this Mount Illifarn? What's that all about? Well, I go to the wiki, I type in Mount Illifarn and learn all about its history. And then I, you know, I jot some of these interesting factoids down and I'm ready to answer any questions about the region that they're traveling through. Uh, thus giving the region, you know, history and more depth for the players. It's awesome. It's an awesome resource. I highly recommend it to all of you dungeon masters out there. And you know what else is awesome? Our new patron, Michael. Thank you very much, Michael. We really appreciate it. And we really appreciate the feedback you've given. Thank you. And don't forget to check out Sirenscape.com, where I get all the in-game music and sound effects to see how you can enhance the mood for your game. And the game we're playing is Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition and the Scourge of the Sword Coast module by Wizards of the Coast. Check them out at dnd.wizards.com. All right, thanks again for listening, and tune in next time when our party visits the town of Succumber and gets into a sticky situation.